0: Welcome to the Inside Aesthetics podcast. We host real conversations with real experts from around the world. Away from the filtered bubble of social media, our aim is to educate listeners and explore any topic in the cosmetic and wellness space. We also get a unique insight into the business minds of the entrepreneurs and pioneers who have helped shape our industry. This podcast and its related publications provide
1: news and general information about procedures and products. You should seek professional medical advice and assessment before considering any treatment. Hey guys, today's episode is actually the second part of the discussion that we had with Dr. Gordon Koo on threads, which we recorded back in January this year. So obviously with Jake uh, still recovering from being really unwell, we're just going back through and bringing you a lot of the content that we luckily had recorded ahead of time. Um, So I hope you enjoy this episode and everyone is doing well and trying not to go too crazy with uh, being in lockdown and um, hope you enjoy the episode. Our guest today is Dr. Gordon Koo. Dr. Koo is a board certified cosmetic physician from Melbourne, Australia, and is one of Australia's leading experts on non-surgical thread lifts. Dr. Koo is a fellow and trainer for the Australasian College of Cosmetic Surgery, a faculty trainer of the American Academy of Aesthetic Medicine, a fellow and trainer for the Institute of Medical Aesthetics in Dubai, and a key opinion leader for Sinclair Pharma. Thank you for coming back and joining us again, Dr. Koo. Unfortunately, we ran out of time on the last episode. So we thought, hey, let's um, let's not rush it. Let's not try and cram everything in. Let's split it up over to our episode so we can get to all the questions that we want to ask. So thanks for coming in again. Cheers. Thank for, you guys again for inviting me. Yeah, it's a pleasure so, to be here. So I think... Um, where we sort of left off last time, we we sort of got to just explaining the procedure itself. So we sort of touched on it in a few parts, but just so to give our listeners, whether they be um, medical professionals or just, I guess, potential patients, can you just explain to us the process, I guess, from beginning to end from, I guess, your consultation, day of procedure, recovery, and then we can maybe go through things like risks, complications, side effects, and, and so on.
2: Sure. So before a, an actual thread lift procedure, uh, I would do a pre-treatment consultation, so I would assess the the patient's skin quality, the degree of sagging, and I would also exclude any potential contraindications for threads. That being, if they have any allergic reactions to to sutures or implants in the past. Hmm. Uh, How common is that? Not very common. I have actually I haven't actually met one person that's allergic to the threads. Yeah. Okay. Fair mm. enough. Uh, people with autoimmune conditions potentially that may cause overstimulation of collagen. Again, I have done threads on people with autoimmune conditions, and there's been no problems.
0: So the worry would be they sort of become a bit lumpy, bumpy, or yeah. or feel a bit uncomfortable. Or what what would be the risk? Sounds great. Get more collagen. <laughs> Deformity, maybe. <laughs> I don't know.
2: Potentially nodules. Okay, uh, nodules. Yeah, but again, I haven't encountered that. Yeah. So. So I would I would go through at the actual pre-consult, uh, pre-treatment consultation. I would go through what the procedures involves and the what threads I'm using, and I will actually show them a video of how the the threads work. Yeah. So each each company. Uh, threads company will have their own video showing how their threads work. Yeah, that's great. So I can show, most of it's on YouTube anyway, so I'll just pull that up and show them. Yeah. And, uh, and I will go through the, the expected results and duration of action. I'll also go through any aftercare and after aftercare instructions. Yeah.
1: I think videos are a great idea just to standardize your consultation process because it's sometimes you can be talking to someone and they just don't get it. Some people are visual or they don't have any, they don't have like a good understanding of anatomy. I mean, I guess if they're not medical, completely understandable. But I think that those videos are great to give people like a visual
0: Mm.
1: understanding of what's actually going to be happening. So I guess from just a comfort and then I guess informed consent, very, very useful.
0: That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the worry of the podcast, isn't it? We're talking about all this stuff. Yeah. And <laughs> I think I know people what we're talking about, but maybe they're like, what the hell are they yeah, on yeah, about? Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so you've got your patient, they're medically suitable. And then how are you assessing their face? You, you mentioned skin quality and degree of sag. Hmm. Presumably that's a, a, an experience thing. You're sort of touching and feeling and, and having a bit of a play, but are there any standardized scales or, or, or ways of... Sort of standardizing this stuff.
2: It it's really visual a, a visual assessment of the, of the skin too. So how many how thin the skin is. Yeah. Uh, how what's the degree of sagging? And uh, having said that, like I said in the in the last episode, Tom Thread lived on my father, and, and he's he's seventy six years old. So so it's not so much about the age, but it's more about skin quality. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I guess there but
1: there comes a point where. The threads have their limitations. Where you go, you know what? I'd love to help you, but you need a facelift. What What is that point like? Where Where is that threshold where they just become unsuitable? Okay,
2: as a general rule, I, the threads should be able to reposition the skin by about a centimeter. Right. So it's
0: a, it's a it's a mild, natural repositioning. Having said that, mm. you know, that sounds great because mm. most women who come to our clinics, whether they want filler threads, they'll do the the whole two finger thing on the side of their face and they say, I just need that. Mm. And that's about a centimetre. Mm. They'll lift their skin right. back to their ear about that's a centimeter right. and yeah. they say, I wish I could just have that. Yeah. So sounds sounds just about right.
2: Yeah. So if I move the skin back by a centimeter and there's hardly any result, then I would probably send them to a plastic surgeon for a surgical
1: facelift. Okay. okay. Yeah. All
2: right. So anything
1: more than a centimeter, you're
2: off to see a plastic surgeon. Having said that, these days I do combine other treatments such as fillers, yeah. uh, lasers, fat dissolve injections. Yeah. So if some people have very heavy jowls. I'd probably do a fat dissolve injections to reduce the jowls and yeah. then use threads. Some people, Some people with... So double, very heavy double chin. I may do liposuction yes. and then do threads. So it's as an adjunct. I think I think threads is a good adjunct to a lot of the the, the treatments we currently do. Yeah, okay. okay,
1: excellent. And so you go through the consultation process. People go, yep, call, cool. book me in, let's do it. Talk us through the day of procedure and what things people may need to do to prepare themselves for. So I'm assuming like blood thinners go, or stop smoking, or the I guess regular treatment protocols
2: that you do to no makeup. Yeah, sure. Yeah, So I'll, I usually tell people not to take anything that might thin their blood for at least three days. So we're talking about fish oil. Turmeric, yeah. Uh, ibuprofen, yeah. Uh, Ginger, garlic, yeah, yeah. and yeah. that. St. John's <laughs> <of that. laughs> Yeah, There's lots
1: of things. It's actually surprising that you don't realize how many things, whether they're just over-the-counter hmm. vitamin supplements and so on, can actually thin your blood. It's not just about ibuprofen and aspirin. There's a lot of things that people don't realize can That's also right. do that. So just maybe if anyone's listening and wants to avoid bruising and
2: lots of bleeding, maybe do a quick Google search on all the things that you... <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. should stop taking. Yeah. before It It's it funny things. because uh, I was the first Australian doctor to demonstrate thread lift in in South Korea last year yeah. at an international conference mm-hmm. at the World Expert Meeting, and they gave me a, a career model to demonstrate thread lift on, and she took. Red Korean red ginseng that morning, which red I had ginseng, no idea. That's
0: even more hardcore than normal ginseng, <laughs> is it?
2: <laughs> I don't know whether they actually thin the blood, but she was bleeding quite badly. It was, so like, a it was, like, a, it was like a Friday the Thirteenth movie. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so I was like, thanks guys for
0: giving me this model to to yeah. demonstrate. Yeah.
2: <laughs> fair <enough>. Very good.
0: <laughs> um, So yeah, so all of that kind of. Normal stuff, pre-injectable stroke thread. Uh, do you give them any painkillers or, or anything yeah. like that? Or so, Valium, so, my yeah. standard
2: protocol now is tell them to to come without makeup, yeah. and and have take a couple of panadol's on the day. Mm-hmm. Now, the only the, the whole procedure is done under local anaesthetic, so the only sting sting sensation they will feel is from the actual anaesthetic yes. injection. So, uh, then once the skin is numbed with an aesthetic then there is no pain when i'm actually inserting the threads yeah so they may feel some pushing and popping sensations as i'm placing the threads yeah uh depending on the, the type of threads i'm doing uh but this should be no pain when yeah. i'm doing the threads mm. would you give someone like anything to relax them like valium or like a
1: happy gas or anything like that or? very
2: rarely okay mm, very rarely okay i probably probably can maybe one or two cases over the years.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You sometimes get the occasional very anxious person. Hmm. It might not even be pain related. It's just nerves around the procedure. That's right. That's
2: right. Uh, But just for the more, I guess, more experienced practitioners on the call here, uh, to to get to that subcutaneous layer is actually not that easy. And because I, I, I teach a lot of doctors and, Nurses around the world, and I've I've seen that people trying to get to that subcutaneous layer, even with fillers, uh, people think they're in that layer, but they're not. They, mm. they might be too deep or they're too superficial. Yeah. So if you think about the the facial anatomy, uh, if you if you were to place your index finger on your cheekbone, between your index finger, where, where you let's when you place do this. your
0: let's put our fingers on our cheekbones. Sorry. Let's do this. Yeah. yeah
2: so, so yeah. So if you put your index finger on your cheekbone, you can feel the bone. Yeah. 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 So so between, so at the level of your, your finger is the skin, yes, and then you can feel the bone. So between the skin and the bone, it's not a big distance, correct? Okay. So now within that thickness, as we know, there are five layers: skin, subcutaneous fat, muscle, deep fat, and then bone. Mm-hmm. So plus all, some
0: filler in some cases. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so within within
2: that less than one centimeter distance, you're trying to get into layer two, the sub. Cutaneous layer. Yeah, so the practitioner needs to be
0: really good at skilled, and to be able to get to that layer and know the anatomy. Uh, and going back to what I was saying about, you know, touching the skin and assessing your face, yeah. that can only be learned by experience. That's right. And just sort of knowing, okay, I've, I've popped the dermis and I'm, I'm in that space. You, you, it's hard to teach. You've just got to do it. It's by feel, is it?
2: It's by feel. Well, there's actually a technique that I teach doctors how to get to that layer and, and check that they're actually in that layer. Right. So imagine if you're a little bit more sup- too superficial than you're in the skin, yeah. then they're going to cause puckering, nodules on the surface of the skin of the face. Yeah. If they're too deep, then they're in the muscle and then see the muscles in the face, they're not very mobile. We can't reposition muscle yes. with the threads. So so then they end up with not very good results because muscles are very stuck down onto the bone a lot of time. A lot of time. So um, there are also some danger structures below that muscle layer, so arteries, nerves. So if a practitioner is goes too deep with the needle with the threads, then they potentially cause damage. Yeah. Absolutely. So so not only getting into that layer two anatomically known as a layer two, the subcutaneous layer, that's the layer for best result and also avoid complications. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. I just got one question slightly off piece to sure. it's relevant. When you're using filler, yep. do you believe that you can create any lift? Or is it almost like an illusion? If you if you sort of create a shape of a cheek, it looks like a lift, but it's not a lift. Ah, where do you sit with that?
2: Um, it's it's actually quite complex. I think I think I think yes, I do think fillers in some ways can create some sort of a lift. Yes. Because if you are volumizing deep fat that also gives that support to the more superficial structures. Yeah. But in some people, you may need to use a lot of it and that might make it look too unnatural. So that's why I complement
0: the fillers with threads. Yeah, okay. I'm just curious because we've had plastic surgeons on and spoke to 100 people about this and some people are adamant, nope, there's no lift with filler. Other people, yes, you put it under the SMAS, it re-expands that layer and you get a subtle lift. So I don't know if there's any studies. It does
2: depend where... The fillers injected, and anatomically, of course, as yeah. well. So, so certain areas, you do get that lift. But I, I think in general, uh, fillers that the purpose of fillers is to fill, yes, and to volumize. And it, the thread it, is the giving that extra Actually, grabs the layer and pulls the skin upwards. So, yeah. so I think there's more lift with threads than fillers.
0: Okay, perfect.
1: Okay. So, just to get back to the procedure, yeah. so. Um, you've given them local, you've made an incision or you've inserted the cannula. Um, so what happens from there and how long does it take? And just sort of maybe just talk us through what happens.
2: So once, once the anesthetic is, is in and then I start the actual threads insertion process, that yeah. that process takes roughly around half an hour.
0: Right. Most okay. of the time. Yeah. And I know this is such a loaded, or well not loaded question, but you can't really answer it. It depends on how many threads you're doing, right? They're they're correct, yeah. So how are you judging how many threads you need per side of the face Let, let's say you're doing you know the lower face mm. like is there a standard number is it depend on the shape of the face and the depth of the folds and it, it,
2: it's it's individually based it's same as how many meals of filler sure does a patient need so uh, it's no, I it can't say, well, if you're under 30, then you get this many meals. Okay. Uh, so it does depend on the patient's skin. Okay. And does it depend on the areas of the face as
1: well? So I guess certain areas may need more reinforcement or more lifting power as opposed to other areas. Do you sort of approach different parts of the I, face differently? I think it's
2: not so much about the parts of the face, it's more about the patient's skin quality and, right. and degree of sagging. Okay. Mm. Yeah.
0: Okay. So I was sort of imagining, you know, if you put one thread only mm. which you probably would never do you would you could only pull in one vector on on one particular part of the skin but above, above and below that it might still look a bit saggy so it's almost like you're eyeballing well roughly you know it could maybe do two or three you're sort of seeing and maybe using your finger to tug and kind of is that how you do it, or am yeah, I just yeah, making this right. up?
2: So, so, so I need to look at not just the skin saggingness, but also the fat volume on the face. Right. So, if somebody has a lot of volume with a lot, like a chubby or a fatter sort of uh, lower full cheek, of face, yeah, yeah, <laughs> f- full of face. So, so then they may need more threads
0: ah, okay. for support. I thought it might be the other way around because the rounder face person has got a bit more fat, so there's a bit more support and. Potentially less sag than that really thin emaciated person who actually might not be a good candidate.
2: So, so I've done threads on uh, patients who are quite heavy uh, in the lower face, yeah, and may not be even from facial ageing. Like I did a, a girl, her, her face was a bit rounded and a bit heavier, and she's put on some weight. And after the threads, she actually looked slimmer. Mm. And I've also done another girl couple of years ago she, she was 23 she's lost a lot of weight and she just wanted her skin to be tightened up a bit and with the threads she was able to lo- lift that lower lower face mm-hmm. yeah. as well so again okay. it's a subtle uh natural look not not a dramatic look that you you'll get from fillers yeah okay. Mm-hmm. okay
1: so you insert the threads and then i guess once they're inserted you go through some sort of adjustment sort of process where you're like pulling and and sort of getting the angles right and the lift right on. Is that sort of you? So once you insert them, there's an adjustment process okay, that goes so on.
2: Actually, before I insert the threads, there's a planning process. Right. So I, I frequently draw uh, my planning lines yep. with a with a with a marking pen on the on the patient's face. The, the vectors of my threads. Yeah. Once that planning is done, the actual insertion, I don't really think too much about it. I just yeah. need to make sure I'm in the right depth. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: I'm just. Uh, there must be so many different specifics of where you do it and why you do it. But mm. is there a general rule of you know how far away from the mouth you go and how close to the ear you go? That sort of general lower face lift, or is every completely thread different? D- it's they're different.
2: So so different different brands of threads have their own uh, recommended patterns. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. I'm Gosh. so glad we've done a podcast on this. <laughs> 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 yeah.
1: Yeah. So, after you're happy with the result, is there any stitches required? I guess it depends on the thread, right? Or they just sort of...
2: So far, at the moment, uh, with the non-surgical, non-permanent threads that I use, there's no stitching required. Okay. So, they're all inserted through a tiny hole. Usually, the entry hole is made with an 18-gauge needle. Mm -hmm. So, we just insert the threads through that hole and that just heals up.
0: I don't think we've explain this but am i right in saying that they have both got a needle on either end of the thread or that again that's that's
2: that's, okay so so every brand has that kind of design yes as 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 part of their product range
0: so you make an like an entry hole with a bigger needle just to sort of pierce the skin and then you tunnel a needle on one end of the thread under the skin and Eventually out, yep. and you just pull it through. So yep. you, so the whole thread is buried under the skin. Yeah, and then what? You're just snipping the ends, so so it's buried and hidden. That's right. Cool. So, do you ever get that instance where you can just feel a little flicker of thread, and it's really annoying? Uh, so I, I do cut the threads
2: <laughs> back. So I, I pull on the thread and cut. So the thread it sort of bounces back. back yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, so most people don't really feel it.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah. It does depend on the, on the, the brand of the threads, the design. Okay, mm. fair enough. And then can you feel anything under the skin after? Is it sort of, can you feel a bit of lumpiness or, or is it too most, deep? most threads,
2: they can feel it initially uh, and, uh, because, as, as we talked about in the last episode, the, there's collagen building up around the threads. So I find that, that time frame that, can, that they can still feel. It's usually about a month. So, so usually the first month, if they press hard enough, they can feel either the cones on the threads or the barbs, and yeah, that that first month people can feel, and after usually after about a month, yeah, they can't feel the threads anymore.
0: And that's okay. why I tell my filler clients, you know, if you, if not that I want them to, but if they sort of rub their hand along the cheekbone after having fresh filler, you can feel some filler and and some little lumpy bumpies but Mm. in about two or three weeks it integrates and it's gone exactly so it's the same kind of thing thing. with the threads so you finish your procedure you're happy everyone's
1: happy with the result patient goes home what's their post care like and recovery and downtime downtime and like things that can potentially go wrong or side effects bruising, swelling, bleeding all those sorts of things yeah
2: so immediately after the threads procedure they're going to be a bit swollen from all the anesthetic fluid yeah and that usually goes away after a day yep. so uh, they may be a little bit achy the first one or two days Not, no one's ever told me they've got excessive pain for the first or well, after a thread lift so, so there's generally no uh, excessive pain but they, I think some some people require some paracetamol maybe in the first day or two
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah. uh, they. I usually advise my patients not to touch their face for 24 hours yeah. and after 24 hours they can wash they can put makeup on even and their social downtime when I say social downtime is that there's going to be some some initial bunching of the skin if, if there's, especially if there's quite a lot of loose skin to pull up. Yes. So it's got, all that loose skin's got to go somewhere. So there, there is some initial bunching and maybe dimpling on the skin. And that 100% of my patients, I've never had one person with permanent bunching or, or dimpling. Uh, the, the bunching dimpling usually goes away over about a week or two. Yeah. But I will say the social downtime is generally three, four days because after three four days, they can put makeup on yeah. and no one can tell.
1: Okay. Mm. So, I mean, it's a, it's a non-surgical, but it's, it still has a little bit of downtime. It's not like yeah. they can walk in and go straight back to work. It's not a lunchtime procedure,
2: really. Unless they've got really, really good skin, yeah. uh, a, a really young patient with really good skin with minimal sagging and they just want a bit of collagen stimulation, tiny bit of skin tightening and there's not much loose skin to pull, they might be okay after a day or two. Right. Yeah. It
0: sounds like almost the same downtime as a reasonable amount of filler, apart from the dimpling and bunching. That's right. Where, you know, even after filler, you can feel a bit funny when you smile, it's a bit achy, depending on where you've done it, etc. Yeah. But that kind of thing. If I was a patient, one of the
1: concerns that I would have is what happens if one of those threads snaps? Is it going to look like I've had a stroke? Are you going to have like these sorts (laughs) of facial asymmetry or one side drops and like how does does that happen and is it frequent? Um,
2: Okay. Firstly, I've never had one thread snap and if you actually pull on these threads, they're really tough. Yeah. They're really tough. They're like almost, they look like fishing lines. Yeah, right. So, 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 it's... They're not gonna people not gonna just smile and break the threads. It, <laughs> yeah. it, it just doesn't there's not enough force to do that. Yeah. Uh, but I do advise patients not to have a dental procedure within a month after the thread lift procedure or facial or anything that might push on their face really yeah. hard. Or uh, no facial massage for a month. Yeah. And uh, the first two weeks after a, a thread lift procedure, the threads are a bit unstable. So I do advise no high impact exercise for the first two weeks, no jumping, running. They can do weights, they can do yoga, they can do stationary bikes, uh, but just no running, jumping or-
1: Nothing high impact. Nothing high impact. Okay. Hmm. But what I meant was not only the threads snapping, which you said is like highly unlikely. Mm -hmm. Like what about if it just sort of slips inside the skin, like it doesn't have the traction or it's sort of those barbs give way. Is that, that, can that happen? I haven't I haven't encountered that okay mm.
0: good mm. I, I think it's a little bit like when people imagine you know if you do a filler on a cheekbone they imagine it can roll around like a marble in their face yeah right whereas it it's just not physically possible your it. face is compartmentalized it, that's right and okay. and, and yeah
1: it's that's just why, why I'm possible. the lay person asking the dumb question <laughs> no, that's, good. <laughs> that's good. That's a good question it's <laughs> a, good, that's a good, good
0: question um okay so that's the downside now what are the main risks like what what should people be aware of <laughs>
2: Okay, so like with any cosmetic procedures, uh, there's potential, you know, infection. Uh, but how often do you getting infection from fillers? Um, so, so I, in my hands, I think Touchwood. I haven't uh, had any case of infection because I am very particular about infection control. Yeah, uh, I have heard of maybe one or two cases of people getting infection after a thread thread lift thread lift. Um, other potential risks: skin bunching, dimpling. Again, that's temporary. Mm-hmm. Then bruising. It's it's a possible. Uh, Pr- presumably,
0: that's the most common thing: discomfort yeah, and bruising.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So we are shoveling through needles through under the skin, so potentially that can cause bruising. Uh, most of the time, my experience, if they don't, if they've not any blood thinners. Uh, the bruising is usually very faint yeah. and mild, and they usually can cover up with makeup after three four days. Yeah, and I have I haven't really heard of this, but I guess potentially this could happen if if somebody uh, if the practitioner was inserting threads and it goes too deep and hits a nerve and causes nerve damage. But I haven't really heard that happening. Mm. So. Um,
0: so those are the potential risks. Okay. Uh, but, we, yeah, we sort of skirted over it, but infection is a, a big question that you know some listeners have asked. If you get an infection, mm. it, but you've got this thread almost barbed in, you can't remove that source of infection. Mm. You presumably you just have to be on antibiotics until yeah. the thread dissolves or yeah. or otherwise. So, so
2: the cases I've heard uh, that were infected, they were on a course of antibiotics, and infection went away and never came back. Okay. So they didn't have to remove the threads, because the, the, the ones I've heard.
0: I know this isn't the same, but let's say you got an infection of a breast implant or, sure. or something like that. Yeah. Really, what ends up happening is you have to remove the implant because it's seeded with bacteria. Mm. But you've not noticed that with threads.
2: I'm not not noticed that. Uh, the, I know there are com- the the threads companies supply these hooks. Yes. Potentially, if I think I guess. Uh, an infection that doesn't get better with antibodies, they may need to pull the thread out. So, oh, so
0: there is a way of removing. So that
2: it. potentially you can hook the thread out.
0: Okay. Yeah. All right. I didn't know that. That's mm. good to answer. Mm. Um, what about? Uh, I don't know. Um, so there's no risk similar to, to fillers with vascular occlusion or, or, or analogous mm. no, to that. No.
2: So so it's a thread. So it's not going to. It's not a gel. You, like you can't filler,
0: mechanically so. block or you know sit in a blood vessel
2: yeah in theory I've never heard of in theory that should not happen and I've never heard of okay. a thread <laughs> causing uh, ischemia or okay yeah
0: good to know yeah okay very good um fine so we've done the procedure et etc now let's why don't we come on to some specific indications we didn't really touch on that in the first one so I think off air you said your main reason for people come to see you is lower face sagging mm. so uh, we've we've touched on you know how you kind of assess the skin etc. But what other parts of the face might you do apart from okay the
2: gels? so so yeah my my uh, most of my patients come to me for mid mid and lower face sagging yeah and then the second biggest group will be neck skin
0: okay so th- how do you do that because pre- presumably the skin's yeah, got to go so, somewhere
2: so neck skin is quite a complex area so people again people once people hear about a a treatment option they they go oh that it's the answer for me. So they come to see me for a thread lift. And then I assess their neck. As you know, on the neck, we've got <laughs> platysma muscle. We've got fat. We've got loose skin. So the threads can only treat loose skin. Yeah. It cannot treat the platysma muscle. That's a botulinum toxin treatment. Uh, if there's excessive fat, we need to either dissolve the fat or liposuction. Yeah. So... It's not a simple answer. Let's just say if someone just has loose skin, then there are different types of threads that I use depending on how loose their skin is. And sometimes it's it's as simple as, uh, like I had this young girl, I don't even know why she needed, needed anything done, but anyway, she's, just, she's got Asian skin and she's 25 and she reckons she's got a bit of loose skin on her neck. So in that scenario, I'm not going to use any big lifting threads. I'm probably just going to use one as non, non-lifting non um Collagen stimulating threads, yes, just to just to tighten it up a bit. Uh, but people who've got quite a bit of loose skin again depend on the degree of skin sagging. We do have surgeons at our clinic as well, so sometimes I get a second opinion from the surgeons. Yeah, that's great. And, and he'll look at it and say, oh, "Well, this is really a surgical neck lift job."
0: Yeah, you know. And I've always had it in my head that you'd have to sort of put the the lifting thread almost like a necklace around come out at both ends and sort of tighten, but will that not look strange because then you'll have some bunching sort of little dog ears on on the back (laughs) of the side of the neck so uh, again it does depend on the design of the threads I don't
2: always put threads in the neck that way yeah Uh, yes if there's loose skin either in the face or neck anywhere uh, the loose skin's going to go somewhere there will be bunching yeah and the
0: body somehow just smooths out that bunching over usually two to four weeks okay yeah I guess because the skin's got elasticity, it just sort of stretches a little bit. That's right. And presumably in the neck where it's a little bit thinner and and maybe a bit more sensitive, can you feel the barbs or the cones more? Yeah, so that's right. So so yeah, most people can feel their cones or barbs
2: or the threads more on the neck Mm. than on the face. But can you see them or is it just feel them? You can't see the threads because if you think about anatomically, if the threads are inserted below the skin, which is subcutaneous, yeah. so you've got that layer of dermis covering the threads. You shouldn't really see the threads. Okay. However, uh, sometimes as the wound, as the threads heal, the, there is some contraction of skin along the threads or sometimes some swelling along the threads. Mm. So people, what people are seeing, sometimes they see a thread of swelling, they think that's the thread showing up. It's not, it's actually, if the thread's been inserted correctly, then it's probably swelling. Yeah, yeah, and okay. that usually goes away after a
0: couple of weeks. All right, and I think you've already touched it, but for maybe a younger client or people concerned with the necklace lines, can you th- use the collagen stimulating threads for that kind of? Yes, look? I,
2: I have heard of. I, I don't do that procedure at the moment uh, because th- those threads are quite new in Australia at the moment. So, so yes, potentially you can use those threads. Uh, I presume, Jake, you use fillers?
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, to, I'll be completely honest. It's it, it's a tricky problem because at the end of the day, these lines have developed over someone's whole lifetime, and they're still going to be looking down at their phone every day. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Tech neck, I think we call it. Mm. So, it's, you know, I, I, I'm quite realistic, and I say, look, we might improve them a bit, but you're still going to have a bit of a line. Yeah, that's uh, exactly my answer too about threads on those all those lines. Okay, so that's neck. Where, where's the next? kind of most common place on the face where you might treat someone
2: so at the moment I don't really do it but I know people that do these overseas a lot Uh, it's it's thread lifting on the eyebrows okay yeah and the thing is from my understanding of thread lifts on eyebrows is that it is a very tight area in on the forehead, as you as you know. So, so in order to to lift it, you have to pull that skin up. So initially, they look like really surprised for two weeks, <laughs> and then everything drops down, and you might have a mild lift. From what I my my um, discussion with other experts is that it probably lasts about a year, okay, if, if, if it works,
0: and you know when you're doing botulinum toxin on someone, it's a really common request to have mm. a brow lift. That's right. And yet, often when I look at that person, I think, well, your brows are fine. Like, what? Well, what is the indication for the brow lift? Is it to take the weight off the eyelid or is it to lift the brow? Or both?
2: Both. Both. So so it might be a cultural thing. Some, some, some especially Middle Eastern uh, patients that really want that brow lift. Yes. Uh, oh. <laughs> I, mean, I, I at the moment, I prefer to use fillers. Yeah. Uh, usually if, if if it's a brow lift, if it's a brow sagging due to aging process, yes. then I would rather put fillers in the temples yep. to support that the lateral eyebrow. And that probably lasts just as long as doing a thread lift and it with less downtime and less cost.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, so there's brow. And then, you know, I've heard of the concept of doing it on the bridge of the nose. Mm. How does that work?
2: So at the moment, there are threads that we can place onto the bridge of the nose. So some people have a little bit of a dip on the the bridge of the nose, then they don't like it. So previously we were using fillers uh, to just inject to fill the nose. And recent years we've heard there could be a lot of complications with fillers. Uh, ischemia, potentially blindness from fillers, especially in the nose region. So placing threads along the bridge of the nose can Mm. smooth out that, that contour of the nose
0: without the risk of ischemia or blindness. What about shaping a flatter nose, which is really common in our Asian clients who want a sharper nasal bridge. Can the thread sort of sit in a line up the bridge of the nose and create that shape or not really?
2: Yes, yeah, so, so they actually, if they want the bridge to go a bit higher, you mean? Yes. Yeah, so, so yeah, the threads will, will push the threads all the way up there and we'll just do, place multiple layers of threads in that spot as if we're doing fillers. Right. So And then the threads will then stimulate collagen and create that volume there. Hmm. That sounds pretty cool. Mm. Gosh. What percentage of your practice now would you say is threads?
1: Like in an average sort of month, are you... Is this your
2: bread and butter, really? I, I would say I do a lot more threads than most people because I'm yeah. just because I'm known for it. Uh, so probably sixty to seventy percent of my pra- my practice is wow. threads. Wow! Yeah, that um, is big. Yeah. So the thirty to forty percent are my injectables and lasers and things. That's and what's the
0: breakdown though. of toxin to filler? Just curious. Probably fifty-fifty. Okay. Mm. Yeah. And and you also do some lipos still? Is that right?
2: Yeah, yeah. So so I do to. Uh, Mostly liposculpturing uh, on the neck. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm. I use that obviously in as an in, in
2: combination when you're doing threads on the on the neck. Not, so not no? not oh, okay. not, all, not all the time. Okay, and uh, I have done quite a few cases recently without the threads, just because the skin does tighten up. Yeah, uh, by itself once you remove that fat. Yeah, mm. yeah. What about some of these? Um,
1: Cryolipolysis machines, which people like, are now put, placing on the submental area, and mm-hmm. we've noticed even some of the b- before photos sure. and after photos. I in my clinic, they get some lift even from that. Have you sort of experimented using? Do you using mean Cool Sculpting, David? Yes, yes. We're have to say that. <laughs> 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 we don't have to talk. I'm in just code. so used to not being able to say any brand. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah, try
2: yeah. And stay away. Uh, no, I, I haven't had any experience uh, with that. We don't. We don't have
0: that machine. I don't okay. Think okay. Can... Fair yeah. enough. Now, uh, one last thing that's popped into my head: body threads. Mm how the hell does that work and, w- and where and why would you do it? Okay,
2: so some companies have these long threads that you can place on the body to turn loose
0: skin on the body. Right. Now, presumably, again, this is a little bit like, you know, is it surgery or is it a thread that you need? Are, are mm. you talking about because you've lost some weight and you're saggy or why would you do it? I've seen some
2: surgeons use threads on the abdomen after the liposuction. After mm-hmm. they've done liposuction on the patient, so so there's a bit of loose skin there after liposuction, uh, and and then they place threads there to for to support the skin, right? And okay. that create collagen, and that seems to tighten the skin a bit more than if you just let it heal uh, without the threads.
0: Okay, what about for? I guess it's more the texture of the skin than sag. Say someone's who who's had a pregnancy. Mm. And they've sort of got that crepey look to the the front of the abdomen. Mm. Could you use the PDO threads there? You mean the little floating? Yeah, ones? Yeah, the little floaty threads.
2: Uh, yeah. So yeah. So I I, f- I don't do that procedure uh, because I think it doesn't really last long anyway. You're but need but I, know, I know a lot of people do lots. it. Sorry, you're going to need lots of threads. Yeah, to cover it. Yeah, but then, that's what they, they really, they're really—they're quite cheap threads. So, okay. so you can get a box of a hundred for less than usually. Like it, it's very cheap compared to, say, it's the long threads. Sure, sure. So, okay. so you can get a box of 100 or 50. They usually come in boxes of 50 or 100. So, yeah, you just put, put support there under the skin. Okay. And um, I'm probably going to be doing that more and more if people require it. And just that so far, most people have, have requested uh, to lift his face and things. So, so, but because also the technology, with those little floating threads i think they're still evolving as well i mean like with everything, anything so yeah
0: yeah okay fair okay. enough so i think we've
2: just about
1: grilled you with every conceivable <laughs> question that we could come up with um for threads so thank you for your time we really really appreciate it thank now, you david i believe that we've got an offer for our inside aesthetic listeners for coming for a, Exclusive. a consultation yeah so how does that work? What, what do you what do you um what are we doing? Okay,
2: in, in general uh, anyone that contacts me on my website or on Instagram they get a f- uh, they get a free consultation. So okay. normally I charge for a consultation, okay. but if they contact me on my website or Instagram, I waive that consultation fee on the day.
0: Okay. That's so very kind of you. And so, remind us your details.
2: Okay, so my website is gordonku.com g o r d o n k u.com. And my Instagram is drgordonku, D-R-G-O-R-D-O-N-K-U.
0: Excellent. Thank you so much. You're going to be inundated with thread stuff now. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time and have a, a safe trip back to Melbourne. Thank you for Cheers, having me, guys. Gordon, Thank you. For our latest news, upcoming guests and episode topics, follow us on Instagram at inside underscore
1: aesthetics. During the week before every recording, look out for our Instagram stories as we'll give you the opportunity to submit your questions to our guests and get a shout out. You can also DM us for any other information, suggestions or guest requests.